What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brennan Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is not my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. It is frenemies slash friend of the podcast, Tyler Gunderson. Uh, Tyler, uh, you know, you might be the friend now, but some breaking news that apparently there's a Friday night war afoot because someone has a new job working for Mattress Firm, which may or may not be a front for the cartel. So you guys have to move your schedule to Friday. So, I mean, it's on now. Little Friday Friday night 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 wars. wars. Tyler, how are you doing today? It's going to be fun. I don't know, because you said uh, not your lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson, and then you didn't say, but as equally lovely and esteemed. So I'm feeling my my self-esteem is in the the dirt. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how to feel about that now. Um, Yes, Friday Night War. So this will probably be my final appearance on Curveballs and Chair Shots since scheduling conflicts, unless you guys for some reason have to do a Saturday. But even then, maybe not. I don't know. So this could be the last time you hear this lovely and esteemed voice on Curveballs and Chair Shots. You just never. Well, not on the feed because, well, I don't know, because who knows what the future points and doinks holds. That's true. We don't know yet. We have no idea. We're just not even going to talk about it until tuesday shows up but uh yes so dominic is not here at the moment if you guys follow us on our personal channels uh dominic came out and uh, told everybody that he has covid he was in the hospital uh the last week i don't exactly know the particulars of how serious it was but uh he had to get you know oxygen pumped into him and you know all those other uh, different things he's home now uh, in true Dominic fashion, we tried to get him on the podcast and he's not responding. So we're just going to to plow through along. We don't know if he's even going to show up. Maybe he, he might shows make up. a run in. Yeah, he might just show up midway through the podcast unannounced. But uh, so luckily him and the studio audience both had uh, COVID there in the hospital for a little bit. But luckily they're home now. You know, we like we have fun on the podcast. You know, give him some shit with the vaccine stuff. But uh, it, it's still COVID still a thing, people. You know, wear your mask, stay safe, get the vaccine and all that other good, fun stuff. Tyler, we're happy that uh, they're home. Absolutely. But, uh, unfortunately, you know, they're still going through some things, but uh, they're here. They're happy and healthy. Well, I don't know if they're happy, but they're healthy. It's just, it's, it's just a good sign to see them at home. You know, takes a little bit of a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of stress off the shoulders of worrying about our good friends. Um, but yes, I, I you know. You are correct. Everybody should go get vaccinated. I am all about it. And uh, Dominic seems to be all about it, too. If you've seen the posts, he posted about it. Thumbs up. Follow Dominic on uh, Instagram and Twitter, BigFluff13. Follow him on his uh, Facebook. Just type in Dominic Hops and you'll you'll find it. But You'll find him. Uh, we were supposed to do a podcast last week. Dominic definitely was not going to do the podcast because that's when he was in the hospital. But uh, we were trying to do it. I was in Chicago at the time and the hotel Wi-Fi just was not working. I was also dog tired and we recorded like 10 minutes of it. And then the Wi-Fi just completely took a shit on us. But to be honest, it's probably a good thing that the podcast did not go through because I was not feeling it those first 10 minutes, Tyler, to be honest. But we're here. We're back. We're re-energized. It's going to be a lot better this time. A hundred percent. Although this is a little early for you, geez. Well, not anymore because you're a working man, but this used to be real early for you. So I'm, I'm glad to see I the mean, energy's up. We, we used to do the podcast back when I was unemployed and Dom, back when Dominic and I were both unemployed. We would do the podcast Friday at around 12. 
So we're kind of going back a little bit to our roots here. I've been up since getting back to the grassroots. I like it. Been up since seven forty-five. So you know, I've been I've been up, been early. I, I drank my my weekly energy drink. So we're ready, rip roaring to go. So we got a big show. We got the MLB standings to take care of. We got the NFL schedule and preview. If you listen to Trapdoor to Hell, Tyler's already did his, but maybe after Thursday we have a. He has some new thoughts that he wants to share, but uh, we were supposed to at least get Dominic on for the NFL portion. Yeah, so we'll I, see if he ever shows up. Yeah, I don't know if what's going to happen. So we're going to start with the MLB just to give some Dominic some time to see if he ever responds to us, but he probably won't, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, so going on over to the baseball standing, starting with the AL East, we got the Tampa Bay Rays, 88 and 52, firmly grasping the AL East. Uh top spot over there nine games ahead of the boston red sox they now hold the number one spot in the wild card because the yankees have kind of got on a little bit of a downturn because they face the red hot toronto blue jays who swept them in a four game series this past week and now the blue jays are a half game back of the yankees so it's turned from a, a three-team race well you know the blue jays weren't exactly in it and then now within the past week they sweep the A's. Now they sweep the Yankees. We're both the Blue Jays guys over here, Tyler. The, are the Blue Jays for real? Are they going to actually do it? Let's just suck the Blue Jays dick right now. We are the Blue Jays guys. And yes, I think I think they're getting hot right at the right time. The Yankees, obviously losers of their last six. Toronto, like you said, have been red hot. Won eight in a row. Hot at the right moment. Everything is clicking. Vlad is really trying to steal MVP away from Shohei. Not, I don't think he's going to, but he's doing his damnedest in order to do it. And I believe George Springer still isn't an everyday player, Red, right? Player yet right. Am I correct on that? Sure, of course, because you've been watching the Blue Jays a lot more than I have. Because I'm, pr- was- I'm pretty sure he's been – he's still been, you know, dealing with his injury that he's been dealing with all year with, you know, staying staying on the IL and then coming off for 10 days and stuff like that. Um, but their pitching is looking good. Robbie Ray is dominant. Hyunjin Ryu is looking good. It's just everything's going right for, for Toronto. And they called up Nate Pearson, the uh, big-time prospect they got over yep. there. They got him over there in the bullpen. He's shutting shit down. So uh, we've always talked about the Blue Jays. It's definitely the pitching that has hampered them and now the pitting is you know on fire it's doing its thing and if the pitching stays the way it is the blue jays it's basically the blue jays that i thought we're going to pick up in the second half so they're getting there we got what two three weeks left in the season so there's yep. still a lot of time for a lot of movement but at this point uh since we haven't done this in two weeks the blue jays right there with it the yankees loot you know as you said losing the last six they were super duper hot these last couple of weeks falling off you know do you have do you put as much stock in the Blue Jays winning as the Yankees losing right now? What What do you mean? Like, do I think are, are the Yankees? Because you say the Blue Jays are doing pretty good. They're going to keep yeah. it that way. Do you think the Yankees are going to just because they were they were not very good? They got super hot, and now they're kind of back in the doldrums. Do you think they're going to go back down? You know, falling back to fourth place, like what they oh, were yeah. for most of the season. Oh, oh yeah. I think I I don't think the Yankees make the playoffs. I think. Uh, Toronto steps in. I think Toronto even can step up, especially with Boston. We didn't really talk about it, but Boston dealing with a COVID situation at the moment um, with, with that could possibly ruin a few, a few games here and there for Boston. I could see Toronto taking that first place spot. 
And I think Boston takes that second wild card spot in the Yankees. I don't think they're going to be as cold. I think they're going to turn around a little bit, but it's just going to be too little too late to where Toronto and the Red Sox have already kind of ran away with the wild card. Toronto, a half game back of the Yankees, but only a game and a half back of the Red Sox for the first spot. So there's definitely a lot of time left. I don't know the schedule off the top of my head, but I would assume there's still time for the Red Sox and uh, Blue Jays to play a little bit. Then uh, move over to the Central. Nothing really to talk about here. we got the White Sox 80 and 60, holding a 10-game lead over the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they've lost their last two. The White Sox is, but, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna move on. Uh, any thoughts on the White Sox? You know, they we maybe we'll talk about them with the A's, or if you want to talk about the series right now on how the White Sox uh, have been doing lately. I mean, they did we, – We'll talk about the series at the moment since there's not really much to talk about for the Central. Uh, They did lose two to the A's. I think that has more to do with the the A's kind of getting getting their starting pitching going, getting deeper into ball games, and just playing a little bit better ball. But I have no concerns for the White Sox. They're I think they're still probably, in my opinion, the team to beat out of the AL. I think they're they're they have everything put together so well, and with all their guys going to be back for the playoffs, I think they're 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 locked to be in the ALCS for me. So even though the Rays have the best record in the league, you yeah. still would say the White Sox, even though they are facing a shitty schedule or a, you know a, they're in a crappy division yet they're not able to bolster their wins that much compared to the Rays who are in a pretty tough division. I think I think it's more of the situation of they play down to that competition to the point where when they get up against those higher uh, competitive teams, you see, they play them really well and they could, they could hold their own against those guys. When you go in and you play Kansas city 15 times a year, 16 times a year, however many times they play, it's kind of like, all right, we, we, we match that level of intensity that they bring and every once in a while they sneak some away from us. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody else in this division, uh, Cleveland, six, a very nice record at 69 and 69. So nice. straight Super 500 nice. uh, record there. Everybody in this division is either five and five or four and six in their last 10. So no one's really playing well at the moment. But you guys don't talk about it over on Trapdoor Hill. Dominic's team, Dominic's American League pennant winner, the Detroit Tigers. They are, uh, you know, yes, they are 66 and 75. Not great, but definitely a lot better than what people thought they were going to do. Just asking you, Tyler, your thoughts on the Tigers, because it's definitely a team no one really talks about. But I think they're probably one of the surprises, even though they're not a playoff team. Yeah, I definitely did not expect them to be sitting at third in this division. I knew this division was going to be good, but to be sitting at the three spot, that's that's insane. And they have a lot of uh, they got young talent over there that their future is bright. That's for sure. They're, they're, they're a little ways off from making a push for that division, but they have, they have the right pieces in, in certain places that starting, that starting rotation can be very good when they get all their guys together. Would not be surprised if next season, they kind of overtake the guardians and uh, are the second place and possibly fighting for a, a wild card spot. Absolutely. And if they, if they like what they're looking at, they could be buyers this off season and, and really make a run at things. Not kind of like, not to the point where they're going to take the white Sox, but maybe it, maybe a deep, you know, wild card, second wild card spot. If, if shit starts getting crazy over there in the American league, you just never know. Then over to the American league West, the Houston Astros 81 and 58 holding a five and a half game lead over both 
the Oakland A's and Seattle Mariners. They are tied with a 76 and 64 uh, record. The Seattle Mariners playing very good at the moment, seven and three in their last 10. A's got swept by the Blue Jays over the weekend, but we're able to salvage two out of three against the White Sox. You guys talked about it on your podcast where the A's, I don't think at the moment they won that won a game yet. I think I, I, you know, I forget exactly they what the timeline like, was. I think it was four or five straight. Maybe so you guys were really more. down on the A's. Yep. Now I'm not saying winning these last two is just going to turn the season around, but are you a little bit more optimistic? You kind of hinted at it that maybe the A's are starting to get it together a little bit. I, I said on Trapdoor that I think the A's are just – this isn't the year for them to get into the playoffs at all. And I'm still kind of on that on that boat with I, – I, I liked I liked the, the showing from Sean Mania and Frankie Montas, the last two games against Chicago. And we saw we won those games. They got deeper into games. We didn't have to use that tired-out bullpen. Andrew Chafin came in two innings to close, uh, the six-out close, which was fantastic. Um, but I just it, – it can't keep going that way. As an A's fan, we see it every year. We never have – we can never get starters to go that deep into ball games on a consistent basis, and that bullpen has just struggled too much to where it's going to cost us games down the stretch in clutch situations. And we're just not going to be able to do anything with it. So see you next year. Uh, have, have fun in this off season. Hopefully they can get their ballpark stuff worked out. So I've always been the more, I think, optimistic A's fan out of uh, you guys over there. You know, I kind of said that they were going to fight for a playoff spot, even though I didn't pick them to make the playoff spot for obvious reasons, because, you know, don't want to jinx them, but I, you know, they're a streaky team. They're on the good side of a streak right now, even if it is two games. I do agree with you. The bullpen was, you know, very good these past couple months. And then for some reason, they just kind of fallen off a cliff. The starters have surprisingly always been there. I didn't expect that to be the case. But yeah, you know, Frankie, uh, Shaman, I now Chris Bassett, seemingly he's saying he wants to be back. If Bassett, you know, can come back within the next week or two, I don't know exactly what the time frame would be. But if they're kind of in that realm, Bassett was and is a Cy Young contender maybe just morally, but also, you know, on the field wise, he's definitely going to help this team going forward. If he's yeah, on the mound. I, if, if they can get Chris Bassett back, which I think I saw, he threw like a 25 pitch bullpen the other day and they were saying he was looking good, which from, from the last picture I've seen of him when he was sitting in the dugout with that fucking, just the, the eye socket basically popping out to, to maybe a week later, he's throwing bullpens. It's like, all right, that's, that's real good progress. So if, if he can get out there, I said it when he went down, that I think he was a big reason why they started going on that losing streak was you lose that morale guy, you lose that leader in the locker room. And if they can get him back, it might ch- turn my turn me a little more optimistic for, for the rest. Because they are only two games back of the wild card. So. Two games back of the wild card, five and a half back of the Astros. But that last week of the season, they're playing nothing but Astros and Mariners. Good teams. But- but if they, you know, get the job done, they can definitely the, make some moves. Good teams, but the opportunity is there, which I really enjoy. I, it's going to make for exciting baseball come down the stretch. See, I'm hoping streaky team that they find themselves on a, on a good streak going into October. But uh, moving on over to the National League East, we got the Atlanta Braves, 74 and 65, holding a three and a half game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, neither team topped the division playing all that well. Atlanta four and six in the last 10, while Philly is five and five in the last 10, losing their last three. Yeah, I just, I really wanted to see Philadelphia succeed, but they're just not going in the right direction at the moment. 
things are starting to cool down over there. Uh, and it, this is the time. This is the time to get hot and take over that Atlanta Braves team. And they're just not doing it. The Mets, I think, have fallen completely out of favor. They just can't seem to figure it out. Yeah, we were going to talk about this last week, but, uh, you know, we got the whole – Booing the fans or, you know, doing the thumbs down gesture. We got the GM uh, getting caught with the DUI, sleeping at a red light. Yeah, Just the, the the Mets is, I, won't, I don't want to say they're like going downhill, but we kind of saw things like this happening when, uh, was it Lindor and someone else was getting a little bit of a scuffle in the bull, or in the uh, dugout yep. earlier yep. in the season. Uh, what's it? Uh, the owner's name, whatever the fuck his name is. Was Steve kinda, Cohen. Steve Cohen was on Twitter just kind of bashing the team. Like, how can professional hitters like be oh. this bad? Yeah, that like, was just wild. not a good look all the way around. Wild like, move. It's it's the Mets. We you know we've kind of come to expect things like this. It does kind of suck, but um, it's the Mets. Lindor, Lindor, you know, we kind of forget that Lindor's there for a long, long time. They just signed him this season. Uh, any thoughts? Do you think you know Lindor is going to stay this bad? Is was his now. prime years in Cleveland? No, I think I think it, it it's it's a grace period to where he's still trying to get used to. He played his entire career so far in the American League, getting switched over to the National League. It's a it's a different feel. It's a different type of game being played in in the National League, and I think he's just trying to find his groove. I say he turns it around next year. I don't think he's ever going to get to that same MVP caliber that he that he was playing at, but maybe a step below. He's still going to be very, very good, damn near great, but not MVP level anymore. And I think that dream middle infield of Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor is not going to happen. I think Javi is out. Oh, the door. Javi's gone. Javi's gone this offseason, big it's, time. It's uh, not even close. Then uh, Miami and Washington rounding out at the bottom. They're fighting there for that uh, last spot. 59 yeah. and 81, 58 and 82. So uh, have fun, boys. Uh, moving on over to the National League Central, we got the Milwaukee Brewers, 86 and 55, standing atop the, the division. They're playing very well at the moment, seven and three in their last 10, winning their last two. Mr. X's Cincinnati Reds have not been doing that great thus far. When we talked about it two weeks ago, they're uh, on the cusp, you know, in firm grasp of the playoff, uh, the wild card, and they've unfortunately kind of fallen off recently, three and seven in their last 10. They are uh, a game back of the San Diego Padres. Yeah, they were, they were fighting hard, man. They were, they, they, to, to come back there, I think they were like 10 games out of the wild card at the start of, uh, august maybe late july or something like that and to to storm all the way back and to at one point hold that second wild card spot and they're still only one game so they got to turn it around again just like we talked about with some of these other guys um they they have to get hot they have to just like we talked about with the phillies is who i was trying to bring up uh they have to turn around they got to get hot this is the time to do it because san diego once they start clicking if they start clicking here in, in September, they can easily run away with this wild card spot. Yeah, I kind of see the, the Reds being a little similar to the A's to where they're very streaky. You know, they're if their offense is on, their offense even more so than the A's is really on, and they can just bash it all over the place. And their starters have been surprisingly good as well, but uh, not at the moment. So then uh, uh, the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals are 71-68. to They're sticking around there three games behind the Padres. Uh, for that second wild card spot, so we might have counted out the the Cardinals earlier, you know, a few months ago, but uh, they're right there at the beginning of the season. And you know, you get Arenado. We thought they were probably going to fight, if not, you know, run away with this division. They fell off for a bit, but now they're just they're they're back in it. You know, three weeks battling, left, three games out. Any any faith that they'll actually you know be around <laughs> there by season's end? I mean, it's going to be tight. 
a part of me wants to say I think they they sneak in just with just just for the simple fact that Yachty and Yachty and um, Wainwright keep they keep every week I see it it's like oh they're doing their thing again here it is you know they've been doing this for the last ten years together but I I just think they're gonna be right there and they're gonna miss it by a hair like they'll be a half game out at at game one sixty two and they'll lose on on one sixty two and they're out which is going to suck, but I just don't see them getting in. Yeah, I don't see them getting in either. I mean, a little surprised that they even made it uh, this far back, but, you know, uh, the Chicago Cubs, shout out the Cubs, went to the, the Cubs game last weekend. It was a fantastic game. Walk-off. Yeah, uh, buddy. It was fantastic uh, stadium. We, we talked about this while I was at the game, Tyler. We're, you know, breaking news, we're going to go on a, a field trip, right? We're going to go on a road oh, trip. We're going to go to all the Major League Baseball yeah. stadiums in California next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, life goal, as I told you over text, was I want to see every single ballpark in my life. Well, every major league ballpark in my life, at least once in my life. So that, you know, we start with we start with California and then maybe we work our way up. We just keep going. We'll see. Got to go to Seattle then go to Denver. Then I'm bad with geography, so I can't think I can't, you know, I can't figure out what the most efficient route would be to cover all the stadiums at one time. Ah, okay. uh, then the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, too. I saw the Cubs beat. Uh, that was definitely it was an exciting game, but it was also a very shitty game. There's a lot of extra, you know, a lot of bases loaded walks that happened. Some oh, yeah. errors. It was, it was a uh, pretty much a triple A game is what I expected. Then uh, let's move over to a, an actual major league uh, division. We got the uh, San Francisco Giants 90 and 50 first team to 90 wins. Uh, they had the series with the Dodgers last weekend, able to take two out of three over there. Dodgers 88 and 53. So they're two and a half games of the Giants, 13 games up on the Padres who are 74 and 65. So, you know, obviously Dodgers or the Giants are going to hold that first wild card spot. The Dodgers were right there. They had the lead for a brief moment. Then they go to San Francisco, lose two out of three. Is I mean the Dodgers. I think still the Dodgers like aren't exactly playing up to their capabilities, but yet they're still one of the best teams in the league. Which is Cody scary. Be- Cody Bellinger is batting .088 right now. This is this was the man who won MVP two years ago. If they can get him back to swinging at how he should be, um, watch out because that Dodgers team will get hot and they can absolutely take over the Giants by the end of September. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No. I think the Giants are still going to stay just just one step ahead of them. They'll they'll have that division. Uh, the Dodgers will definitely keep that first wild card spot because I just can't see San Diego erasing a thirteen game deficit this late. What thirteen games in three weeks? I think they can do it. You never know. I mean, the, the Dodgers would have to go ice cold, which I mean would be funny to see. I'd love to see that. I would love to see it too, but uh, then uh, the, I think the Giants, they're probably going to hold on to that first wild card or the first uh, spot in the division. They're playing the Cubs right now. I think they have some more games against uh, the Arizona and Colorado, so they have a lot of winnable games left. It's going to be tough uh, for the Dodgers to keep up. And I mean, the Dodgers, they were on fire for a good stretch there, but yet the Giants were just right there with them. You yep. know, not as hot, but, you know, only dropping a few key games here and there to where the Dodgers maybe, you know, was only able to like grab two games in like a two week schedule. Yeah. Just so. never, never enough separation on the hot cold there. The, the giants, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen them, you know, go on a big losing streak at all this year, which is 
how you do it. That's how you, that's how you be the first team to 90 wins, you know, which is, I think I said on Trapdoor to hell, it's what their first time since 1913 or something like that to get to 90 wins on 140 games. Yeah. So, uh, you know, shout out to them. Good job, Tyler, bringing out the knowledge. Knowledge. Uh, They've won four. the giants is they've won their last four while the Dodgers have lost their last two. So that's why we get a little bit of separation Uh, right now going into the weekend. Padres already kind of talked about them. They, are holding that second wild card spot, a game up of the Reds, three up on the Cardinals, three and a half on the Phillies. Do you think there's any, uh, you know, we're, we're both high on the Padres, obviously coming in. We thought it was going to be a, a two horse race between the Dodgers and the Padres. Now the Absolutely. Giants, just, Giants just kind of, you know, threw the cocks on the table. Surprise, said, oh, motherfuckers. We're here too. Yeah. So uh, do you think the Padres have our, even though they've had their struggles, are they going to get their shit together by season's end and be in that wild card game? <sighs> A part of me, a part of me wants to say no. Part of me wants to say just being on curveballs and chair shots, feeling the Mr. X energy. Part of me wants to say that Cincinnati is going to take that second wild card spot. But I think San Diego will will put it together enough to get into the wild card game. But I think that's the I think that's the extent of it. I think they the their season ends at that wild card game. Wouldn't it be fun if the Padres end up beating the Dodgers in the wild card and then all the Dodger fans are screaming that, oh, we need to make it a three-game series. Oh my God. This is and no Rob, fair. And then Rob Manfred is just like, oh, my God, I love the Dodgers so much. Let me make it a three-game series. Yes. 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 Uh, so that is it for the uh, MLB standings. We didn't talk, or I guess uh, Trevor Bauer, he's gone for the rest of the season, shockingly. And, Shock- uh, shockingly. Shockingly, you know, they kept pushing it back. They had the court date to where they didn't find anything in the court or they didn't grant the restraining order, but the MLB, I guess, still doing their investigation. Um, obviously, yeah, I didn't bad, think bad situation pitch. here. Do you think next year, I know it's kind of like a, a four-year, one-year deals, is Trevor Bauer even in the league next year? Um, at the start of next year, no. I'm going to put it at that. I think like what four months, five months away. So that's all. I mean, that's a long time for them to either do their investigation and find something or oh, not I, find I, anything. I, but I, I wonder if it's going to be, they don't want to bring them into the locker room because that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he might not, he might be in the league next year. I, I don't think he's going to be with the Dodgers. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I can't see him being on a team until something big happens to like a, uh, a big starting pitcher goes down or something happens to where a team goes, well, I guess we could take a shot on Trevor Bauer and bring him in on a one-year deal, of course. So you're telling me Trevor Bauer is the Cam Newton. Trevor Bauer is the Cam Newton of exactly hundred percent. Uh, speaking of Cam Newton, he plays the NFL. We're going to do our NFL preview. Yay. We were supposed to do this last week, but, uh, yeah. you know, Holiday and Express uh, does not like to uh, have good Wi-Fi. So we're going to do that. Uh, Trapped or Hell already did theirs last week or yesterday, two days ago, whenever the fuck that was. But who cares? Tyler yeah. can make all – he I can mean, what, have whole new predictions. We're not going to hold you to this. I mean, uh, I'm just going to get – I'll get wild with it then. Fuck it, right? Fuck it. Uh, all right, so let's start off with the AFC East. Last season, the Buffalo Bills won that division. Miami was almost at the uh, almost made the playoffs, but they could not. Uh, we got the New England Patriots, who now have Mac Jones leading the helm, cutting Cam Newton, and then the New York Jets with Robert Sala and Zach Wilson now leading the charge here. Tyler, you know, I know you're the big Buffalo Bills guy. Yep, I, I love I'm, those obscure I'm, teams. I'm I'm liking. 
the Bills this year. They're one of my favorites, not just to win the division, but to make a deep, deep playoff run. So I don't know. You know, I'm we curse people in baseball, but then ultimately they turn things around and become the hottest team in baseball. So it's not a curse. I'm going to go with your Buffalo Bills to take the take it this year. Yeah, I mean, they put all their chips into into Josh Allen. They've added a few pieces around him as well. And I just think there's there's nobody who's really going to challenge them that much in the division. Nobody's nobody's made that step to to get bad at, to get good enough to challenge them. It's kind of we're kind of seeing the the paradigm shift of we're going from New England had that kind of hold on the division forever, and now it's kind of like all right, Buffalo's doing it now with Josh Allen, and I love it. So you're you're counting out the Patriots. Yes, they had a very down year last year with Cam Newton. They bring in Mac Jones, first round pick. They're putting them as a starter, riding them. They have a lot of people returning after COVID. You know, a lot of the defensive players, you know, opted out last season. I think a lot of people forget about that. So the yep. the Patriots are going to be a better team compared to what they were last year. Last year, they're uh, seven to nine. I think the Patriots are going to be right there. I, I'm not exactly like sold on Mac Jones. I haven't seen too much of him in the preseason, but you know, I, I'm I'm thinking the uh, the Patriots get that second spot and probably sneak into the wild card. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that same same pretty much take. I do like the fact that Mac Jones, they did go with Mac Jones to be their starting quarterback this year. They didn't they're not doing kind of like the 49er route of of we're going to keep both these guys on and we'll see how it goes. It was like, "All right, Mac Jones is our guy. See you later, Cam. We're putting all our we're putting our nuts into Mac Jones." Yeah, and the thing is like Cam and Mac are just two <clears throat> completely different players. At least Jim like yeah, Jimmy G is not as athletic as Trey Lance, but Cam, you're going to have to run a more run-based like 1950s type of offense compared to what Mac Jones would be a more modern Tom Brady-esque offense. So they're just two completely different things. And so that's why I I like just – sometimes I don't like having the rookies just kind of thrown into the fire, but he has a good team around him. He has Bill Belichick with him. I I wouldn't be shocked if Mac Jones won Rookie of the Year, honestly. Yeah, I could see him having like what we saw from Justin Herbert last year, that that same caliber of of year. Um, And I like – you know, there's been a lot of controversy coming out today about Cam Newton getting just full on dropped, saying that he didn't see it coming and that he would have absolutely been the backup, but he didn't think Mac Jones wanted him to be the backup. And I kind of, I kind of like the 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 Patriots going out, and that gives Mac Jones that confidence boost. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, a former league MVP behind him at all times. It's kind of like, all right, they put their trust in me. I, you know, they, they like me to get the job done. I can go out there and get the job done. They have the confidence in me. I have the confidence now in myself. And going over to uh, Miami, Tua is the guy. They dropped Ryan Fitzpatrick. So no safety blanket anymore. No relief pitcher. Kind of a make or break year, I would say, for Tua. He had his ups, but he certainly did have his downs last year. You know, as I said, they were a perennial playoff team. They almost made it, but they weren't able to get it done in week 17. What do you see from the Dolphins? We have both the Patriots making that wild card. I would say the Dolphins are going to fight for it, but I, I'm not exactly sold on Tua being that. He, he's not that guy. He's he's not that guy. I have the Dolphins finishing last in this division. I think the Jets, which we'll talk about in a minute here, I, I think the Jets turn it on a little bit. But Miami, it, it, it just shows you that the, the franchise is in shambles when they're star corner wanted out before the season started. Xavier Howard said, I don't want to be here. Get me the fuck out. And they kind of, they talked him off the ledge basically 
they flashed the money in his face and said, here, take this, you know, stay with us, please. But I just don't think he wants to be there still. And I think that just goes to show that this, this is a failing franchise. And, and no matter, even with Tua and, and Tua has a lot of talent, I don't think he's reached his potential yet. I don't think he's shown us everything he can do, but I just don't see, I don't see that team getting better. Yeah, I feel like the Dolphins kind of overachieved a little bit last year. I think they're going to fall more back to the mean where they're, you know, 500, a little bit under 500. So, and you don't I, have, like, like you said, you don't have Fitz Magic to, to light the fire. Yeah. So, yeah, we got uh, the Jets. Tyler, I think, higher on the Jets more than I am. He likes Zach Wilson. I'm not completely sold on him yet, but I love Robert Sala. I think he's going to be able to get the most out of that Jets defense. And, you know, the offense, he, I think it's an unknown. They have a lot of talent over there, but I just, I'm not sold on Zach Wilson being the number two guy, being a starter, being able to lead the Jets to, you know, 500. I like, see, I like Zach Wilson to get the job done where it needs to be, but I don't think he's going to be like great. I don't think he's going to be like a top 15 quarterback, but he's going to, he's going to do enough to get some points on the board and it's going to come down to that defense. And I think they've they've gone real heavy the last few years on in the draft on building that defense up and bringing in Robert Sala. We're gonna see kind of like what we saw from the Niners and what was that 2019, where it was their offense didn't really run that effectively, but that defense was so strong that it was holding so many teams, and that's gonna that's gonna lead them lead them on. Hopefully, the Jets do well this season because uh, they the fans they, they they need some positivity they, in their they lives. deserve it they deserve it uh then over to the afc north the pittsburgh steelers won that division last year they started off red hot until someone had to go curse them uh, yikes the uh, baltimore ravens 11 and 5 and the cleveland browns 11 and 5 all three teams making the playoffs last year uh but the story going on right now is the baltimore ravens everybody going down with injury jk dobbins goes down gus edwards goes down uh Brian, what's the uh, the other guy? Uh, the other running back goes JK, down. Uh, wait, another, no. I don't know. Uh, Marcus Peters goes down. Basically, yeah. everyone's just tearing tearing things over there. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think I saw something like he was he got like dehydrated or something. Yeah, but. he's got the that whole franchise is just they're a whole offense and defense. They're they're falling apart, like physically falling apart. Yeah, so I, I forget exactly where you guys had the Ravens, <laughs> but now even more injuries decimating this team. Uh, you know, Marcus Peters, one of the best cornerbacks cor- in the league. Do you think how much do you think this t- make takes the step back for the uh, the Ravens? Well, this is a this is a big time downturn. Uh, I I had the Ravens uh, second place in the division, taking the first wild card spot, and I with with everything going on, I can't even see them making playoffs now. It's, it's so, God, it, it's, it's such a terrible thing for, for this team. Cause they, they have a lot of good pieces. They have a lot of good things going for them. Um, but it's when you're running, what is, what is their running back now? Or their, their uh, running back depth chart. It's what Tyrell Williams or some shit like that. Who'd you just pick up and you picked his ass up in fantasy. I saw that. Yeah, I know someone, someone, didn't pick him up, but he picked the other. Someone picked Le'Veon Bell. I picked up him. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, well, uh, I like uh, a little more proven. Uh, well, you know, at least he's gonna. At least, what, hold on. What is yeah. his name? Uh, Tyson. Tyson Williams. Williams. Ty- yeah. Okay. So Tyson Williams. 
they have Le'Veon Bell. They just signed Latavius Murray. They just signed. Uh, oh, Mixon's Devon- picked him up this weekend or this uh, morning. Yep. They just signed Devontae Freeman too. So you got a really, or if this was 20, 2013, damn, that running back room looks great. But we're in the year 2021. This is just, it just does not look good. There's a lot of quote unquote talent in that locker room. It's, you know, it's kind of similar to the Texans where they have a lot of aging running backs. The Ravens are built on their running ability with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not going to say it's, you know, running back proof, but Lamar is the top guy over there. And if he has Le'Veon, Latavius, you know, and Devontae Freeman, and you know, Williams over there, I still think they can make it work. But I just don't know because I really like J.K. Dobbins last year. I think he was going to take a big step up this season. Absolutely. But yeah, it, it is tough, but they still have Lamar. As long as Lamar stays healthy and doesn't do anything, they're still going to be there. I think they'll still make the wild card. The Steelers, on the other hand, I'm not exactly sold on the Steelers. You know, B- Big Ben kind of falling apart. I really like Najee Harris in fantasy and maybe even in real football as well. I think he's going to have a pretty good season. But uh, they just signed TJ Watt, biggest uh, contract in defense history. Good for him, much deserved. I have him winning the defensive player of the year this year. But uh, I think we're both high on the Cleveland Browns. Do we both have the Browns winning this division this year, Tyler? Yes, yes, we do. And uh, just to touch on the Steelers a little bit, that offensive line has been ripped to shreds. And I just think that that defense is going to get so worn out because the offense just can't move the ball to where it's not going to be effective uh, as it was in years past. I, I they, They finished last in the division for me which is crazy to think, but we'll talk about that other team in a, in a minute here. Uh, yeah, the Browns have have been doing things right the last few years, and I think this is the year it finally kind of culminates and everything clicks and everything finally works in their favor to to win that division. Yeah, they have, they have a solid squads on both sides. It's not elite by any means. I think the offense is, you know, maybe top 12 defense, maybe like, top eight, top five, possibly. But, you know, I think they're just solid all the way around. Baker Mayfield had a, had a pretty good season last year. Maybe he can take that next step up. Odell, we talked about on points of doings to where he just hasn't been good since like his rookie year in New York. Maybe he can get a little bit better, but uh, I that the offense is definitely built around Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the running backs, whether it's running the ball with Chubb or, you know, some dinks and dunks with Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. I like the, I like the Browns. I think they're going to finally take the step up. Dominic was just like three years early on him. Yeah, but maybe they finally go to the Super Bowl. And I think, I think, on the OBJ situation, I think they finally come to realize that he's not the guy you need to force the ball to. Thirteen, you shouldn't be targeting him 13, 14, 15 times a game. And I think they, this is the year that they realize that they spread the ball around a little bit more. They they use their tight ends a little more effectively, and and feed the ball to Nick Chubb. Just that man is a beast. That man's a monster. He's proved it the last two years. That's your go-to. That's who you rely on. Yeah, Travis loves Kelsey. Definitely loves themselves. Some Nick Chubb. Then uh, finally, the Cincinnati Bengals. They came in in last place last year, four eleven and one. Uh, they had Joe Burrow, rookie sensation, goes down tears ACL. Uh, he is back, seemingly healthy. Maybe trying to get over some of the mental aspects of things, but we've been on this podcast dead set on saying they needed to draft an offensive lineman. They did not. They instead went out to go get LSU teammate Jamar Chase. 
Tyler, you don't have the Bengals finishing last in this division. Give Mr. X hope on why they're going to be a decent team this year. Mr. X, there's there's one man who's going to lead this, and I've been this. Uh, I have worked myself into a shoot on this. I don't know what happened over the last two years to where Joe Mixon has now become one of my favorite running backs in the league, and I think he finally takes the ultimate step up this year to where he becomes – top five running back in the league. I'm saying it right here. I didn't say it on trap door to hill, but I'll say it right here. Top five running back in the league this year. Um, but not only that, Joe Burrow has a little bit more experience now. I think although the injury can be a crutch, it can also be fuel to the fire. And I think this, I think, um, I think he's, he's, he knows how to get hit now and he's not afraid to get hit. I know there was a lot of people talking about he was worried about it. I I seen an interview from like last week where he said, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a little more used to getting hit now that my leg just got fucking stabbed. That was me paraphrasing, but yes. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, Jamar Chase has been dealing with a lot of drops during the preseason. He, you know, teammates <clears throat> with Joe Burrow back in the LSU days, do you have, you know, your thoughts on them actually getting him, pairing him with Joe Burrow? And are you a little scared of the drops? Do you think he'll be able to to get that thing figured out at the end of the season? And will he end up being the number one guy? Do you still think it's going to be uh, no, T. I, Higgins? I, I don't think he's the number one guy this year. I think he's kind of he's the guy who's going to stretch the field out. You still have two two top uh, route runners and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd over there. Sure hand guys that I think Joe Burrow is going to rely a little more heavily on. But I think, I think uh, Jamar Chase, he's going to be a big home run guy to where I wouldn't be surprised if we see multiple 60-plus uh, yard touchdowns from him this year just because of the explosion that he has and the talent that he has. The, the, the drops, I mean, look, we, we're recording this on Friday. We just watched CeeDee Lamb drop about four passes last night but still have just a wonderful game. And Amari Cooper struggled with it and his years with Oakland and he's, he's, he, he's, he's still a top 10 wide receiver. So I wouldn't be too worried about his drops at the moment. Uh, then the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans and the Colts uh, tied for the division last year, but the Titans ended up winning at 11 and five. Both teams made the playoffs two horse race in this division. Titans getting Julio Jones, big move in the off season. Do you can see them continuing, maybe even taking that next step, getting a little bit better, creating some separation. Colts getting the, I guess, franchise guy in Carson Wentz. He's dealing with the foot issue, but it seems like he's going to start week one. Uh, what do you see from these two teams at the top? Yeah, I think I think I think they're the one two. Uh, Tennessee obviously is going to take that first spot, like you said. They do take that. I don't, I don't want to say they take a, a a leap forward. I think they kind of stay middle where they were. They they were what eleven and five last year, so you know, 12 and five this year, or maybe, maybe 11 and six. I did my math right this time. Good job. Um, but I, I don't see them. I see them rely or with Julio, maybe they, they don't rely as heavily on Derrick Henry or defenses start game planning more for let's try and stop Derrick Henry with everything we have. And they have to rely on Tannehill to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, Indianapolis. I was a little more down on them on Wednesday when we did trapdoor, but I think now seeing that Carson Wentz is on track to play week one, I'm a little bit more high on him. I think, I think he'll do all right, but 
it ain't Philip Rivers. It ain't. I just I I I don't know how to feel about the Colts just yet. That's that's gonna be have to. That's a wait and see to get a real take out of how this team's gonna operate. Yeah, I got the Titans finishing first. Uh, Colts, I think maybe I don't know, maybe take like a little bit step because I think eleven and five was a little bit of an overachieving season last year. Not exactly sold on Carson Wentz, but if he's healthy and he's you know not all messed up in the head like he's kind of been with Philly the last few years, that maybe. They can actually have a, a decent season. Then at the bottom, we got the Houston Texans. No Deshaun Watson looking like he's not going to play this season. Maybe even gets traded. And then the Jacksonville Hagwires there. Are they going to have an all-elite season this year, Tyler? All-elite this year. They, they're, they, they move up to that three spot. And Houston, I think, is just see you later. Sorry, Houston fans. You guys you guys have suffered through a lot. Uh, you had the highs of a, of a prime Deshaun Watson, and you couldn't do anything with that. Now he's gone. Now JJ Watt's gone. Just everybody is gone. You got Philip Lindsay is kind of your your big running back back there, and it's just kind of like ah, you hate to see it. But Jacksonville, promising, very yeah. promising team. I'm excited to see exactly what they do. I'm not expecting anything win wise, but I want to see exactly what Trevor Lawrence can do and what Urban Meyer can do in the NFL. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say I'm excited to see that transition. Yeah. So uh, Houston, the guy Deshaun Watson does. Deshaun Watson, you know, suit up for an NFL team? And if so, does he get traded? Where does he get traded to? What are you seeing on that front? Or is it kind of like a wait and see with the court systems? I think it's a Trevor Bauer situation where it's kind of like, oh, every week it's like, all right, he's not suiting up yet. He's not suiting up yet. And then near the end of the season, they're just going to be like, all right, we're shutting him down for the year. He's not going to, he can't play this year. And that's, that's going to be that. All right, moving on over to the NFC East last year, the Washington football team won that division with a strong record at seven and nine. Uh, The Giants and Cowboys. Did we jump? Did we jump a division here? Maybe we did jump a division because we don't want to talk about the Raiders because we already know the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the division, right? Okay. I mean, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I definitely didn't mess up on that, but uh, 100%. Any any thoughts on the AFC West, Tyler? Uh, I think the the Chargers leapfrog the Raiders this year because the Raiders did finish in second. Uh, I like the step up that the Chargers take this year. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. I think that's about it. You know, Kansas City, the Kansas City, they're going to continue to do their thing. Well, that's crazy. I know. I really, I do like the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to fight for a playoff spot. Maybe even make a playoff spot. I don't. I don't think I really exactly mapped out my uh, wild card teams, but I'll put the Chargers in there. Why the fuck there not? Go. And the uh, Broncos. You know, Broncos. Not the sexiest team, especially with uh, Teddy Big Dick over there. But you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna surprise some people. Maybe they'll still be in last place, but maybe the AFC West will be a surprisingly tough division. All right. Then Raiders, they're not gonna do anything. Let's be honest. Uh, the NFC East: Washington Football Team, the Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. Trash division, but uh, I still got the Washington Football Team winning the division again. I like what they're doing this year. And uh, Fitzmagic, yeah, he might not have ever been on a on a playoff team, but this might be the most talented team he's ever been on, and that defense is legit. So I'm gonna bring up another team, and I'm very surprised. So you're not you're not buying in on the Cowboys with Dak back. I will you say I was I was impressed with what Dak was able to do in the Cowboys defense going up against the Buck uh, the, yeah the Buccaneers with the three wild card spots. Honestly, I think it is going to come down to Washington. And the Cowboys. I was very impressed with them. Maybe it's me drinking the Kool-Aid watching Hard Knocks, but I think the Cowboys with Dak. I mean, even when Dak was about to throw 7,000 yards last year, he the teams were they're still losing, but that defense has improved 
I mean, they were not, they're not going to be the worst defense in history, but Cowboys think will be second place. This it's more me really buying into the, to Washington than anything. I, I see. I'm, I like Washington. I like what they've put together. I think they are the the second team in this. I do think Dallas overtakes them just because I, I, and I think it solidifies, I said it on trapdoor, but I think it solidifies it a little bit more after watching the game last night and Dallas's defense, how they were able to kind of handle Tom Brady on some of those drives. I was, I was impressed. I was very impressed. Um, but yeah, I do like what Washington has put together though. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great uh, leader for that locker room. And the talent over there, Antonio Gibson, Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel did get shut down, put on IR, so he's going to miss uh, the first three weeks. But that defense is is very strong, and I think Chase Young gets another year wiser, and he's just going to get better, which is scary. Then uh, we've got the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Both have young quarterbacks, a lot of question marks. Uh, Philly is kind of one of those spots that a lot of people are saying could get to Sean Watson. Uh, any thoughts on this? Is it kind of a make or break season for both of these teams, both these quarterbacks going into the season? I think it's more make or break for the giants. We've seen Daniel Jones the last four years. And I think this is kind of the year where it's like, all right, if he doesn't get it going, when do we start saying, fuck, we need to look somewhere else. Cause he just hasn't looked very good. You get Saquon back, don't know what his touch count is going to be like, if they're going to try and limit him throughout the entire season, if it's just going to be the first few weeks, if they're going to limit him at all. Um, and then Philly, I think I think they're, they're a little more bought in on Jalen Hurts, and I think they're going to give him a little bit uh, looser of a leash to to where not everything, if they, if they perform badly this year, I don't think Jalen Hurts' head is on is is going to roll basically i'm excited to see what uh, Devonte smith can do in the nfl heisman trophy winner uh they i think he, the eagles are going to be a good team fantasy wise offensively they're going to be probably behind a lot of games they're going to have to throw and you know rack up the points but uh, not expecting too too much from either team so if i have to pick one i'm going to say the giants finish in last place in this division yeah i'd see i'm i'm with the eagles finishing last place here okay okay uh then the nfc north green bay Sanding atop with a 13-3 record last year. Uh, miles ahead of everybody else, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. Is it similar to the uh, the Chiefs in the AFC West? Is it kind of the Packers and everybody else, or is someone going to take a leap, uh, step forward this year? Hold on. I'm having a paranormal experience to where the ghost – well, not the ghost because he's still alive, but Dominic's brain is entering my body. Chicago Bears are going to win the division this year. Uh-oh. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I think Dominic just said that the bears are going to win the division with the Packers finishing in third place, Minnesota finishing above them oh, and the shit. Detroit lions in fourth. So, so Dominic, is this uh, more of a fact that you really like Justin Fields? Is, is he going to be the quarterback this year? Is it going to be an Andy Dalton team? What are you looking? Why are the bears going to be so good? Justin Fields, great quarterback, but that defense Khalil Mack is so good that he's just going to he's going to lead the way he's going to lead the charge teams are, are going to be scoring in the single digits every single week against the against the Bears and they're going to do just enough whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields they'll have just enough to win it all okay and then the Packers what do you see with the Packers is Aaron Rodgers going to go down is he just going to say fuck you guys I'm leaving why are the Packers going to be so bad this year Aaron Rodgers is going to 
lose week one, lose week two, and then say, I don't want to do this shit no more. He's going to hold out for the rest of the year. And they're going to have to go and throw Jordan Love in the fire, and he's going to be playing like shit. Okay, okay. Hot take over there from the ghost of Dominic. I got Green Bay Packers. Oh, 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 what happened? I'm back. Sorry. Sorry, I'm back. You were kind of rambling for a second, but uh, nice to see you back, Tyler. Uh, I got the Green Bay Packers uh, standing atop the division. I think it's going to be very similar. Maybe not as dominant as as what they were last year. Uh, The Bears... I really like Justin Fields. I, I kind of want him to be the quarterback of the team, just see exactly what they can do. Uh, the Vikings, I think the Vikings actually take a quite a big of a step, but maybe they finish second place in the division. If the bears are kind of, you know, just messing around with Andy Dalton and not giving the reins to uh, Justin Fields. So I like the, the Vikings a little bit this year. Yes. I know I might've trashed Kirk cousins a little bit on points and doings, but he's That's good a fantasy at- standpoint. He's good enough to, you know, do enough over there. And Justin Jefferson dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. Hopefully he can stay healthy and get it over there together. And I think the the defense of the Vikings will be a lot better. Now they won't be the defense from a couple of years ago when they were in the playoffs being a Super Bowl contender, but they'll be there. And then the uh, the Lions, they're the Lions. They're the Lions. They 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 went out and got a even worse quarterback than what they already had. So hate to see it. Damn, hating on Jared Goff. Then the uh, NFC South, the New Orleans Saints won the division last year, but the Super Bowl champions were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so I guess we'll start from the top. No more Drew Brees. He's at NBC. Now it is our king. Jameis Winston is the starter over there. Thoughts on the Saints and how they will do with Jameis Winston leading I mean, the offense. I mean, you know exactly how I feel about it. The Saints are going to be fantastic this year. Jameis Winston is going to be he's, he he might be he might be in the running for NL or NL NFC or fuck it, he might be in the in the running for MVP. Just the full I was going to say NFC offensive player of the year. He might just be the fucking MVP. The way he's going to sling that bitch out this year. Hey, Jameis Winston was a pretty good college uh, baseball player at Florida State, so he might just fuck around and win NL MVP. Who knows? <laughs> you know what? Who did he get drafted by? Wasn't it the uh, – was he drafted by the Mariners? Now you're going to make me look it up. Oh, Jamie's going to look it up right now. Jamie's going to look it up as I talk more about this, the New Orleans Saints because not only do they still – are they still rocking with – or they're going to rock with Jameis Winston. He better play throughout all 17 games this year. Um Alvin Kamara, I think, is going to have a fantastic season. And if they get Michael Thomas back uh, healthy and and not disgruntled, I think that team can be very dangerous. Well, the Wikipedia doesn't want to say if he's been drafted or not. Well, yeah. I could talk more about the Saints because that defense is also, we saw last year that the defense actually stood up and, and stood their ground against a lot of these good teams. And I think they can do a lot of the same stuff this year. Uh, Jameis Winston was drafted in the 15th round by the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers, fuck. I uh, I forget that him, because it was him and uh, Russell Wilson, both were drafted by the Rangers. Damn. Rangers just putting together a great stack of quarterbacks over there. Yeah, see, but but they do it in the 15th round. The A's do it in the fucking first round. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. don't even get them to fuck around at a spring training. No, we don't even get the spectacle of it. Exactly. Uh, so the Saints, you know, Saints fan, I'm excited to see exactly what Jameis can do. Um, you know, high-powered offense kind of going back in time to prime Jubilees. But, you know, I'm a little little skeptical 
on Jameis as much as I love him. I, don't, I mean, I am happy that it's Jameis because I think if it was Taysom Hill, I'd be just super down on the team. But I also, I mean, the Buccaneers returning all 22 starters. They just won the Super Bowl. They started off good. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but I think the Saints will be a playoff contender. Obviously, they're going to make the wild card at least and probably fight with the division. It's going to be a real lit, litmus test because I think they're playing the uh, Packers week one. So just to kind of see where they stand, what Jameis can do against that defense should uh, should be interesting to say the least. Then, as I said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl champions get off to a strong start week one, beating the Cowboys, eking out a win. Um, you were very you're praising the Cowboys on how they played against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers might have got the win, but it wasn't in a dominant fashion. Maybe some people thought they got a win. That's you know better than what they did last year. What were your thoughts on the Buccaneers week one and you know their long term aspirations? Um, I do have the the Bucks doing well this year. Um, I don't think I don't see a big Super Bowl hangover for them. I don't think it, I don't think they make it back, but I do see them getting into the playoffs still. Um, they looked they looked all right last last night. had a had a few miss miss missteps. You know, I think they they coughed up the football what three or four times that game. It's a lot of a lot of feeling out, but we saw the same thing last year at the start of the season. Uh, Tom Brady looked. Everybody was like, "Oh, should Tom Brady have done what he did?" You know, he's old and all this shit and. I just don't want to count them out yet. They did. They have the best record in football right now. So can't say anything. Can't say anything against that. They're going 17-0. Mark it down go. your calendars. Uh, then we got the Carolina Panthers and the Falcons at the bottom of this division. Uh, I'm, keep, I'm going to keep saying it. I really do like the Panthers this year. I think they take a big step up. I think they're going to flirt with a playoff spot, possibly even sneak into the third place spot. Tyler, you as high on the Panthers as I am this year. I, I am. I like uh, I like the addition of Sam Darnold. I think I think he's a good quarterback who was in a shitty system with uh, with the Jets. And I think getting into a more open uh, offense, a more a stronger offense for sure. You got fucking Christian McCaffrey. He gets reunited with one of his favorite receivers and Robbie Anderson, and you have a deep threat in DJ Moore. I think that offense is going to click very well. I think it's the offense is going to show up. I think the defense is definitely the uh, the big question mark over there. Then the Falcons, um, they're the Falcons. They're not going to be very good. No. But Kyle Pitts, watch out. Maybe rookie of the year. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks won that division last year. Uh, then we got the Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. I would say toughest division in football. It's probably not even close. Uh, you know, you can just kind of take it wherever you want because I think all four of these teams are could win the division. Yeah, the, I I think this is one of the toughest divisions in football and and it's it's crazy. It's crazy how far this division's come cuz I just remember like what I'd say what 5 6 years ago this was a really shitty division and now they're kind of like the powerhouse in in the NFL. Um I do like the Rams probably the most out of this. I think they did the most in the offseason to better themselves. And I'm, I'm high on Matt Stafford. I've always liked Stafford in, in Detroit, uh, put him in a, with a better offensive line equally as talented. Well, I'm not going to say equally as talented as to like when he had Megatron, but you know, I, I, I'd like to compare Robert Woods and Kenny Galladay. They're, they're very similar. Um, so I think, I think he's going to do well. 
I think he's going to do very, very well in that te- on that team. And I think that defense is still as strong as ever. I like the, I like the Seahawks this uh, season. I think they're going to repeat. I, I do like the, the Rams as well. I think the Rams will make it uh, to the playoffs. The Cardinals, on the other hand, I see them kind of taking a step back. I think they'll probably finish last in the division. The 49ers finishing third, but even at finishing third, the 49ers will still flirt around with the playoff spot. Uh, you know, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, the big talk of the town around here. Is it a similar situation to like Justin Fields? Well, maybe not the exact same situation, but what do you think on the quarterback situation over there? Is Trey Lance going to play at all? Barring injuries, is Jimmy G the guy the entire season? If Jimmy G stays healthy, I think he gets at least halfway through the season, depending on play. Of course, if he if he looks like absolute garbage, I think they they pull him out. But um, if he looks good, I think they stick with him, and Trey Lance doesn't see the field at all. If he looks mediocre and he's not getting their their record reflects it, I think we see uh, Trey Lance coming in at least maybe week. I'll say week six, week seven, but. I think that defense is just so strong to where they are going to be top dogs, top fighters in this division. Obviously I said the Rams are going to win it, but I think the Niners could probably come in second and and grab a, a a good wild card spot. All right. So uh, that is it. We're going to do Super Bowl prediction. Just give us your winner from each conference and who you have winning the whole thing. All right. I'll give mine and then we'll see if maybe I can summon the ghost of Dominic. Okay. We'll, we'll see if he can come back. Um, so for me, oh, fuck, this is, this is tough. Um, fuck it. I'll say the Browns. I, I, I'll say the Browns can get there. Is this Tyler or Dominic talking? This is Tyler. Oh, okay. This is Tyler talking, which is crazy. Uh, I think the Browns could get in for the AFC and then for the NFC. I'll say the Rams, Browns, Rams, uh, Super Bowl. Okay, so I think isn't the uh, Super Bowl in LA? So we get uh, two years in a row. Get the uh, Home get the hometown. Team yep. I mean, so does that mean the Rams get win the win the whole thing? No, I think the Browns win it all oh, this year. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm buying, I mean, Tyler, I'm buying all the way in. Go ahead and give yours while I try to. All right. While you do a seance, I uh, I thought Tyler was going to go this direction, but I am going to have the Bills winning the AFC coming out of the NFC. I will go with fuck it. If we're putting the Browns in the Super Bowl, might as well just double down and give it to the Washington football team. We got the Bills beating the Washington football team in the Super Bowl. All right. This is Dominic here. Um, I have the Titans making it from the AFC. Derrick Henry is just going to be a monster this year. I should have drafted him in fantasy, but I didn't. Um, and then out of the NFC, I think the 49ers make it. Let's say the 49ers because they're from San Francisco. Okay. Are, you, are you sure this is Dominic? Because Dominic actually picked a team from each conference. Shit, damn it. All right. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a prime. Damn it. I, I, it was, was fucking a... set up for me to do it, and I just completely blanked on that. Fuck. Damn. That's all right. That's all right. So we I got the, uh, the, the 49ers taking on the Tennessee Titans. Dominic. Who is your Super Bowl winner? Forty ers Forty ers Sorry. Oh, okay. 49ers. Okay. Uh, and I'll hold you to that, Dominic. Okay. Even if you take a different form next week. If he takes a different, yep, yep, exactly. 
All right, then uh, we're just going to quickly run through the uh, the week one uh, Dominic's picks. Dun, dun, sorry, you know, I can't can't do it. Can't give it that justice. But uh, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Houston Texans, pair of shitty teams. Who is going to get one of the few wins they get this season, Tyler? Fuck. So you didn't you never got any picks from him, huh? Nope. Damn. I mean, tough. I just assumed he was going to, I thought he was going to text would, us. I thought he like, would give, give us something. Text. Yeah. Nothing. But nothing. All right. So I'm sorry, Dominic, if this fucks up your, uh, your we're not, standings. We're not, we're not going to keep any records this week. You know, okay. okay. I don't even know if I'm going to keep season long records because it, it is kind of a lot to just do it, but absolutely. We'll have some, we'll have some fun with it. All right. Um, no tattoos on the line oh, and then chicken out. Thank God. Never look at my past. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win against Houston with a dominant showing. Okay, I got the Jaguars as well, mostly because I think Houston is just going to be that bad. Yeah, there's just going to be hot shit. Uh, the LA Chargers traveling to Washington to take on the football team. I guess I got to ride with my football team to uh, defeat the Chargers. Yeah, and I, this is where we got to differ because I am I'm big on the Chargers this year, and I think the Chargers come out hot. Okay, then uh, the Seattle Seahawks taking on Indianapolis Colts looking like Carson Wentz will be playing, but I still got the Seahawks walking in there. They're going to let Russ cook and he's going to get the win. Yeah. I'm, I'm right along with you on that. Then uh, the New York jets traveling to Carolina to take on my Carolina Panthers statement win. You know, I like the Panthers. Tyler likes Panthers as well, but he also does like the jets. Do the jets make a statement? And nah, get a win? Hey, revenge game, Sam Donald revenge game. He's got to come out and win. He has to. So I have the Panthers. I have the Panthers taking that. Uh, Then the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Not the scariest of defense for Joe Burrow. So it should be a a, nice way to get his feet wet. But uh, that defense is still very bad. And I think Dalvin Cook is just going to run all over them. And the Vikings get a win here. Sneaky shootout, but I like Cincinnati. Joe Mixon comes out. Big statement. Big statement by Big Joe. All right. All right. Uh, then Cincinnati, Arizona Cardinals traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. This should be a fun one. I expect this to be a shootout even more than what the Thursday night game was. I'm going to go with Arizona, even though I did kind of bash them a little bit earlier. I think they are able to just get it done for just some strange reason. Arizona gets the win here. I like I like Tennessee in this. I think uh, I think they're going to come out hot and they're going to show how dominant they are in the AFC. San Francisco 49ers against the Detroit Lions. Uh, big, big game, I think, for the 49ers, especially with Jimmy G. He needs to play well, not saying his job was on the line by any means, but I think the 49ers will get it done, and they will show that they are back. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Buffalo Bills. Got a ride with my Super Bowl champion, Buffalo Bills. Thoughts on uh, the Steelers? Are they just going to fall off the cliff? Or are they going to compete? Everybody or nobody. Absolutely nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They're going to circle the fucking Steelers and just suffocate them. Going to suffocate them. we got the Battle of the Birds, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Two bad teams, but I like Philly in this one. They're uh, less of a bad team. Uh, yeah, I love a battle of the birds in the first week. That that makes me – that that football's back when, there's, when, when you see that. Um, but I'm with you, Philly. I think Atlanta just – they are terrible in the goddamn what is it the Metrodome? What is their stadium? The Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, not the Superdome. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 
Oh, that's what it is. All right, Hulk Hogan Stadium. That's sorry. I, I had to go all. I had to go full Hogan. Never um, go full Hogan. I thought Travis <laughs> sometimes goes full Hogan, but, but I know well, that's tough. Tough look. Uh, the Cleveland Browns taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a uh, fun one here. We've got the uh, the later afternoon games. Statement win by the Browns here, Tyler. Uh, dumb. Fuck, man. This is going to be tough. I think the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Chiefs beat them in in this matchup here. And I think it's it's going to fuel the Browns. This is just for a season-long thing. When they meet up in the playoffs, in that AFC championship game, the Browns are going to look back at week one, and they're going to fucking beat them in the championship. But they lose this week one. The Chiefs win it. Repeat of the, uh, the divisional round between the Browns and the uh, Chiefs. Browns almost got it done. They did. I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns to get the win here. Big statement win. Now, this isn't going to affect the uh, the Chiefs. I still got them doing pretty good. Then another marquee game here in the afternoon slate. The Green Bay Packers taking on the New Orleans Saints in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And uh, I'm I'm riding with the with with my Saints. I think uh, Jameis is going to cook. It's going to be you know maybe a little bit of a shootout. But that, that's what I got, even though I'm not 100% sold on. I'm more of a homer pick than anything. But thoughts on this one, on this big I'm, game. I'm, I'm right along with you. I'm... I'm all in on on Jameis Winston, 100% homer pick, but not because I like the Saints, just because I'm I, I love Jameis Winston. Uh, the Denver Broncos taking on the New York Football Giants, battle of bad teams. I'm I said it. I'm a little higher on Denver than I think some people are, so I'm going to go with Denver to get the win here. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna ride your coattails on that one. I think Denver goes into New York and makes a statement. Divisional matchup here with the Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots. I think that's a big week for both of these teams, both these quarterbacks. Um, I think Mac Jones gets it done here. Might yeah, not be the, pretty, but I think he's going to get the win. The Dolphins only eat the, beat the Patriots one time a year, and that's only in Miami. So I'm going with the Patriots. Then Sunday Night Football, we got the Bears taking on the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium. Should be a, a fun matchup here. Tyler, who do you got on Sunday night? I like uh, I like the Rams breaking in so far with a win. Uh, you know, for first game in front of the fans, they're going to feel that energy. I think uh, Matt Stafford's going to have a great game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the, uh, the Rams are going to come out on, you know, firing on all cylinders, and maybe Dominic is going to uh, revert his take on how great that Bears defense actually is. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Then on uh, Monday Night Football, just one game on Monday night, but it still is with the, uh, not the Oakland Raiders, but the Las Vegas Raiders. They will be hosting the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Hopefully they have a team. Everyone just didn't, you know, snap an ACL or tear an Achilles. Uh, Baltimore going to Vegas. Does all these injuries affect this game in terms of who do you think will win? Yeah, that's been tough because I'm sitting here going, you know, if you would have asked me this at the start of the week, I would have said, oh, Baltimore is going to win easily. But with everything going on, unsure about how this team's going to shake out after all these injuries, I think Vegas can can sneak one out in another game where it's breaking in uh, Allegiant Stadium with fans, vaccinated fans. Vaccinated fans got to get your uh, clear pass and do all the the shenanigans to get in. I've there. seen so, that, which I, we'll, we'll have to go through when we go in uh, November, right? Well, we're going to have to wait until we get to the fan mail segment. But we have. Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore to go get the win, and uh, hopefully, we get a tirade on Facebook from Trapdoor to Hell. I mean, if, if it happens, it ain't going to be me. 
All right, that is it for the sports section. So let's go on over to the fan mail segment, otherwise known as. Oh, Mr. X is okay. If you want to do it, I was going to see if you're just going to jump in, but. Mr. X's questions of the week. Bump them. Okay, Uh so let's go on over to the and friends portion. Well, Tyler, you were already talking about our number one fan in the whole wide world, Haley sends in a question and she asks are we all gonna go to a raider game in vegas later in the year is that how she typed it out why like, are why why okay i thought you meant like why you are in the year if anybody so, hasn't so well if anybody hasn't followed along i think the last time uh, i was on here i was i was only you know shooting my shot we scored we scored all right we're in Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Um, I don't know. So, cheese. What? 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 What are we doing, pal? I don't know. What are we doing? I mean, you know, there might have been some preliminary discussions. I was told we were going to go to a Giants Padres game, but now someone has a real job, yeah, so I guess tough. we can't. So, I guess we do that anymore. But uh, yeah. I, you know, after going to Chicago, it kind of scratched my my traveler's itch. I have been to to Vegas uh, many many times, but that just means I'm familiar with the situation with the area. You know, if we can iron it iron it out, I think I would be down to go. Fuck yeah, we'd love to see it. Love to see it. So yes, hopefully. And you know this was this was obviously um, before the situation with Dominic and the uh, studio audience. Now maybe if things you know, as as I said at the start, Dominic, Dominic, you know, talking about people should get their vaccines. Maybe uh, maybe they'll want to go too. Maybe Ho- hopefully we get a statement from Dominic. Probably not by the end of this this show. Maybe next week. Uh, so. Dominic has not uh, gave us any sort of information on what he's doing today. So he did not send in any of Mr. X's questions. I would assume Mr. X sent in questions because he always sends in questions, but we do have questions from last week. Might be a little bit dated, but we're still going to get to them. So I'm going to start off with a sports question. Uh, What are your thoughts on Castellanos using a bat with a chip uh, taken out of the end of it? He used it for the entire week before the Cardinals complained about it after his grand slam. Should umpires have spotted it sooner? It was initially chipped and told him to replace it. And Nick said sarcastically in his post-game interview as dangerous piece of lumber. Um. So I'm not too I'm not too keen on what a what a chipped bat can really do. Like what is that does that affect the dynamic of how the ball comes off the bat? Maybe it's kind of like hollowing it out, I guess, even though it's like a chip, it's not a full on cork. Yeah, if it, it now if it's Yeah, I just don't know. I don't, it's weird. I think I think who was that against? It was against the um, Cardinals. The Cardinals. The Cardinals were just a little pissy about the fact that Nick, Nick Cassianos was dropping his dick on them all fucking series, and so they made a complaint. The umpires saw it. The umpires are you know doing their thing this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It's kind of like shit. You hate to see it. Yeah, it's been a it's been a week plus by this point. Uh, you know it, it's. Might be a little, little bush league for for the the Cardinals to kind of call it out, but you know it's, it's kind of like what we uh, what we were going to talk about last week before our uh, our recording got cut out. Um, 
the thing with Shamanaya's glove. You know, the the who was it? That was the Giants? No, Yankees. The Yankees. The, the Yankees complaining about Manaya's glove and the umpires having to pull it from the game. It's like this is bullshit. Yes. Uh, something we already talked about a little bit. Will Trevor Bauer ever pitch in the majors again, even if he is in charge with the crime? Is he too much of a liability for any team to consider? We already talked about kind of season long, but yeah. is he just is he gonna be that, back at all? That's what I was kind of alluding to was the fact that he kind he kind of embodies that um like Mr. X referenced the liability side of things to where he becomes more of a distraction to teams. And I don't think anybody wants to take that chance on him. Uh, then finally for the sports question is Cam Newton going to play this season? And if so, where? Interesting. Interesting. Cheese. Do you want to, you want to take the reins on that? Cause I'm, I'm still trying to workshop it in my head. So I think we talked about it a little bit on points and during, I said he would be like the 33rd, quarterback to where he has to wait for someone to go down for him to fill in now not saying if someone goes down he's gonna be the starter but i mean with the deshaun watson situation and how bad the team is i wouldn't unless they're trying to save money but cam was signed for like league minimum with the patriots Mm -hmm. i don't know why he just couldn't go to the texans yeah i i was gonna say with if if the deshaun watson situation plays out how I think in my head it's going to play out to where he doesn't play at all this season. I could absolutely see him going to Houston and being the starter over there. Um, Cause they, they, they announced Tyrod Taylor, right? Is there, is there a yes. starter? Hopefully he doesn't and, get any pre-show and pre-match injections. Yeah, we pre-match. He's already, somebody's already moving their way into wrestling. I mean, every, every game's a match. Yep. It's a duel. It's so. a, I mean, it's the wrong football. We're, we're, we're talking American football. That's that's yeah. real football. You know, you don't want to get on the pitch, love, and then you you get a needle stuck in your heart. There you go. Or your love. Those, those were words. Um, Cheeky words. Yes. Um, yes. What was I going to say? Either that or we talked about um, the Eagles being buyers for Deshaun Watson. Maybe maybe they go in on Cam Newton if, if Deshaun Watson isn't available. All right, moving on over to the wrestling portion that I uh, might have already gotten ahead of myself on. Uh, condolences to the family of Daphne. I re- first remember seeing her back in WCW when she was hanging out with David Flair and Crowbar as this crazy goth girl. Then to see her pop up in TNA several years later was cool to see. She has touched so many lives in the industry of professional wrestling, both in the ring and out, which makes this situation so much sadder. Rest in peace. Yes, uh, Daphne. Uh, passed away last week she was uh you know on instagram live you know saying some bad things and unfortunately seems as though she uh, took her own life and she she did touch a lot of people's lives i mean i wasn't too familiar with her i knew her work more from tna than wcw but um you know it's always a sad situation this kind of did seem like an actual like wrestling death because she has had her fair share of concussions and we know concussions can lead to some mental issues i know tyler you're not too familiar with her work but just kind of what you saw from the twitter world and how they reacted to her passing i I was gonna say you know first seeing i believe it was mick foley tweeting something about tweeting out that night of the instagram live saying somebody go check on her you know the seeing the the outcry from a lot of the the wwe and just wrestling personalities that i follow on on twitter and instagram and all that stuff it it really shows how big of how big of a reach she had and how much of an impact she had on a lot of people's lives so it's always sad when you see something like that uh go down and happen and you know i think mr x's words were were beautiful beautifully put 
A little dated here, but uh, what are, what were everyone's expectations for CM Punk's first match in seven years this Sunday? So we can get a little ahead of ourselves with All Out. Tyler, what were you expecting from CM Punk in the Derby match? Exactly how did those expectations get met, surpassed or not met? So this might just be the the stupid, you know, I watched CM Punk as a 12-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid, and so my my expectations it's like oh he's gonna come out he's gonna look you know just as good as i remember and he looked good i will say that but you could definitely see that he's been away from the ring for seven years yeah yeah i mean you can train as much as you want do the stairmaster do as much cardio but once you get in there the adrenaline and everything it's a whole different animal yes so i mean when the match happened i was kind of i wouldn't say disappointed but i thought like it, he didn't really do anything like spectacular like impress me but then when I went to go back and watch the pay-per-view version, I did think he looked a little bit better. Yeah, you can kind of see him sucking gas and you could see them really, you know, playing in the, uh, you know, holds and rest spots and everything like that. But mm-hmm. for a first match back, I thought he was he was perfectly fine. I think it was better than what The Rock did with uh, Cena at WrestleMania yes. 28. It, you know, maybe the match itself was actually better, but I thought Punk looked better than what The Rock looked like. Yeah, and I think... I think I could see him. He's, he's just working stuff out. You know, like you said, this is his first match in seven years and it seems to be that he's going to be on a more consistent basis to where I think he can re- return to that former glory that he had as kind of a, a, a top tier wrestler. With the reports that WWE won't be going after indie talent. Isn't that ruining the dream of someone who may have had a lifelong aspiration of performing for them? I just, you know, the, they announced that they're going to stop going after Andy talent, but I just, I don't see it happening. I don't see them actually stopping. Like, I think, I think they're go they're, they're, they're going to hit a point to where they're going to run out of talent. They're going to hit a, a, a snag in the road to where they're starting to lose viewership and, and everything like that to where they're going to have to start dipping into the indie scene. Yeah, I mean, they signed Gable Steveson, a uh, gold medal wrestler. I'm really excited to see what he can do. You know, obviously getting compared to Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar is high praise, and we're going to have to wait and see exactly what he can do over there. But yeah, I think at this point, we're seeing like a lot of people kind of realize that, yeah, WWE is the big show. It's the place that everyone wanted to go. But everyone's kind of noticing that, you know, maybe WWE isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. But who knows exactly how long this no indie talent mandate will last and Ultimately, that just makes AEW that much stronger because I think it ultimately I would if you want to sign, you know, athletes and everything like that, that's fine. I don't have any issue with that, but I would also want to surround them with people who like know what they're doing and have been around and can adapt a little bit better. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, then uh, finally, Tony Khan said that he wants to go tape AEW Dark at Universal Studios to give the show a WCW worldwide vibe. I think it would be a good idea to give the show its own identity visually to separate from Dynamite. What do you think? So I agree. You know, Dark is definitely kind of fallen by the wayside, especially with Rampage uh, getting put on Friday nights. So just doing something that they can do to kind of switch it up visually will make it a more appealing show. Dark is, I think, the low, lowest show that they have. But uh, if they're going to run it, doing it at Universal, having a you know retro type feel uh, is good. Just so that so that so that's on kind of like a they want to do that on like a weekly basis of running dark at universal that's not just like not a, a, well it's a, it's a tape schedule i don't know what the exact schedule is but they're running i think two 
two tapings within the okay. next week or two. So that's kind of just a bulk. And they're probably going to get like a month or two worth of stuff out of that. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I like the idea. I did see, cause you know, as I was watching dynamite this week, I was like, man, I really want to go to an AEW show. And I was like, I wonder if they have any, uh, any time they're coming out this way. And of course not, but I did see that they were taping stuff at universal. I like it. I, I'm excited as a, as a, I like to refer to myself as the dumber fan out of, out of you guys. Um, it makes my it makes my dumb brain go. That's going to be visually pleasing. Yes, I mean you're gonna unfortunately you're probably have to wait a while for them to yeah. come out here to the west. It's probably not going to be until uh, spring summertime before double or nothing Memorial Day weekend. So unless you want to get on a uh, flight and go somewhere, unless you want to go to see Full Gear, where's Full Gear being held have, at? They have no idea where it's getting uh, held at. It was supposed to be in St. Louis, but the building is booked. So uh, we're here. You know, maybe talk maybe, to uh, maybe they come out to SoFi. Maybe they come out to L.A. Maybe you talk to the uh, our number one fan and see if she would rather, you know, I know she definitely would rather go to an AEW show than uh, than a Raider game. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Hey, yeah. you, you never you never know. Maybe she'll uh, want to do both. Maybe. Why not both? Why not both? Then uh, let's get on into the uh, wrestling news. We're going to try to plow through this kind of quickly. Uh, Triple H had a cardiac event. He was uh, in the hospital, had a went uh, under went surgery. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, T's and P's after Triple H looking like uh, he is getting better. It uh, They said that it is a genetic, genetic heart defect, but also hopefully this kind of leads to him, you know, losing a little bit of weight because he's been he has a lot of weight on a little little muscles on his frame in his later years. Hopefully, maybe next time we see Triple H, he might be a little slender. I was going to say, you know, he's he's been doing the damn thing for so damn long to where he's just bulking and bulking and bulking. At some point, something's got to give. Your heart just can't do it anymore, man. You got to you got to cool it. Uh, Then we got Kevin Owens. His contract apparently is up in January and he's been teasing some things on it on Twitter, doing the uh, coordinates of Mount Rushmore, which is the indie. A group that he had with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. He changed his Twitter location to almost there. The Young Bucks put their Twitter location to there. Tyler, as someone who knows Kevin Owens pretty much all from WWE, hasn't really seen any things from his indie work. What are your thoughts on him and the possibility of going to AEW? I mean, I've I'm sitting at a point where I'm just like everybody go to fucking AEW. I, I'm really enjoying uh, AEW watching Rampage, watching Dynamite, what they're putting out as a product. But at the same time, I think they're just they're they're going to get to a point where they're overloading talent and some of these really good guys that are that are younger that are, you know, maybe don't have the name uh what's the word I'm looking for? where everybody recognizes their name like Kevin Owens, those guys are going to start getting pushed out and it's it's a damn shame. I hate to see it, but it's I would be excited to see him go to AEW. Yeah, I'm absolutely excited. I, I, I'm I don't want to say I'm as sure of it as I was with Adam Cole going to AEW, but for Kevin Owens to go to AEW just be fantastic. I think Kevin Owens is one of the best prospects WWE has had in like the last 10 years. And for them to not really I mean, yeah, they gave him a little bit of a push early on when he got called up, but then after the fact, just for him to get, you know, pulled down to the wayside and just you know, in the mix, 50-50 book and everything like that. I'm very excited to see what he can do because I caught a little bit of his his ROA stuff at the tail end before we went to WWE. 
but I, just, I know what he can do. He's a little bit older. I think he's like 37. So he's not Adam Cole. He's not, you know, 32, but he's also not punk and Brian who are in their forties. Yeah. So he's kind of like a little bit in between. I'm, I'm just hoping that Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen goes over to AEW. And yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're coming from because they do have a lot of talent, mm-hmm. but Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen is, you know, someone that you have to pick up if you have the opportunity. To. And I, I think it's a thousand percent sure he's, he's not going back to WWE the way he, that he got treated there. They're not going to work out a contract. Uh, then just all out was this weekend, Sunday. I was there. Fantastic. Uh, Tyler, any thoughts as someone who you've seen, you've come over, watched some AEW shows, but now ever since CM Punk is back, you're pun intended all in on AEW thoughts on the show thoughts, kind of just on everything surrounding AEW at the moment. I I'm like, you've just said with the pun, I'm completely bought in and you know, I'd go over and watch the shows that they're the, the big shows, the all outs, the whatever casino nights, whatever the hell they do. Uh, whatever the hell their pay-per-views are called now. Um, but I've gone over and seen those without seeing any of the weekly stuff. A little confusing, but still enjoyable to watch. Now, understanding the storylines that they're creating and understanding like why these things are happening, it just makes it such a better viewing experience. And it's really brought me back into wrestling. I hadn't been like all in on a wrestling promotion and since... When was WrestleMania 30? What, 2014? So it's been... Let me, let me check the uh, plaque real quick. Yes, it was 2014. Yeah. yeah, so it's been five years since I've been completely in on any sort of wrestling. Or seven and... years. Seven years. 2014. You haven't been Yikes. all in since CM Punk. Yes, I haven't. I really haven't. And so being back in into it, I'm really enjoying myself. I'm really enjoying everything they're doing thoughts on the show in general i thought it was kind of a weird show because it's getting so much praise for the show itself but it was kind of weird like all the matches like delivered they were fine they had the tag cage match which was one of the best matches i've ever seen that was kind of the only match that really out delivered i think what people's expectations were but i think a lot of people you know the ending is what everyone's talking about and rightfully so because you know shots across the bow putting they're nuts on the goddamn table saying, look, we got Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. We're going to debut them back to back at the end of the show. Uh, you know, your thoughts on just the moment at the end and, you know, any of the other matches that kind of stood out to you. So I, I am with you on the fact that like I was initial after watching, after finishing the pay-per-view, I was like, Oh my God, this was fucking fantastic. This was, I can't stop. I can't stop looking for tweets about it. I can't stop getting information about it and all this stuff. And then sitting back and realizing it was like, all right, it was because of how great they pulled off the double debut. And not even, I, don't, I don't even want to say just double debut because I think Ruby Soho showing up in that um, in the Women's Battle Royal was awesome as well. I think that that deserves just as much love as, you know, as getting uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, Adam Cole at the same time. So deb- debuting all three of those uh, wrestlers and also having CM Punk in his first match back in seven years is kind of what's driving the hype of this and not the actual like matches. And they bring it back on AW Dynamite, pulling a 1.32 million people. They beat Raw in the key demo, 18 to 49. Uh, thoughts, you know, we I know you're not the ratings guy, 
You're barely yeah. the wrestling guy. Thoughts on them having a a big, I don't want to say big number, but a good number coming out of all that, which is something they should have done. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised at all. And and I, I don't know if it's more of AEW doing what they should, because they should, like you said, they should be doing that. It's WWE is just not doing anything right at the moment. Like it seems like everything everything is a really big miss and it sucks for them because AEW is really rising through the ranks. Yeah. Just CM Punk coming in. He, you know, gave a little bit of a boost. I mean, big boost the first night in hasn't exactly been like an all time rage draw since he's come back. But we're, I think we're just kind of seeing that when you add Cole, you add Brian, you add Steen, you add, you know, all these different little things and, you know, hangman Adam page. I think when he was going up against Kenny, you weren't really watching at the time, but that was like the hottest. I felt the product was ever, at that exact point when he was going up against Kenny, once Hangman comes back and I was, yeah. presumably he faces Kenny for the title, but we'll, you know we'll talk about what the title situation is. You know that's just another however many people want to say hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand, and slowly climbing their way up. You know maybe by Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen's debut. If we are going to say he's going to debut in like February, whatever, I wouldn't be shocked if, if they are able to beat a WWE show and a you know total viewership. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you. All right, so let's talk about the show just in general. They kick it off with Malachi Black t- taking on Dustin Rhodes, defeating Dustin Rhodes. Uh, you know, not the prettiest of match, but Black does get the win with a, a bad-looking Black mass at the end. Uh, Black and Cody Rhodes will have a math match at Arthur Ashe Stadium in two weeks. Um, You know, just since we don't get your thoughts, just kind of your overall thoughts on kind of the characters and how you think everything's working in the match itself. I, I I've been loving everything Malachi Black's been doing. I, I was a big fan of Alistair Black in WWE. I was very upset to see him not, or to not see him get what he deserved over there. Happy. He went to AEW and I like what they've been doing. Yes. His black mass kicks have not looked very good. He hit a good one on, uh, on what's his name. What's his name? Son Arn Anderson's kid. Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson. He had a good one on him, but it's, you know, it's tough. It's Dustin Rhodes. He's like fucking nine feet tall. Like, it's it's tough to get your foot up there, all right? I give him some slack. I'll cut him some slack, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then CM Punk cuts a promo. Uh, you know, it was just very straightforward, babyface-ish. He just kind of puts over everyone, interacts with uh, Brian Pillman's sister. You know, they are in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, wish someone would have sent in Mr. X's questions because I'm pretty sure he would add some cool insight on the show. But, you know, that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but uh, CM Punk then gets interrupted by Taz. Then Punk goes after, you know, cuts a promo on Taz. They go back and forth. I'm excited to see what they can do. You know, it's not exactly the highest thing on the card for CM Punk to go after Team Taz, but the promos between him and Taz and even, you know, Ricky Starks getting in the mix should be fun. And on a personal note, seeing Will Hobbs, you know, a Bay Area person who I've seen wrestle here a bunch going up against CM Punk is something I would have never imagined in my wildest dreams. Yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. And I do like, like you said, uh, Punk going up against uh, Team Taz not being the highest thing on the card, but I kind of like that. It kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't make your card look so top heavy where it's like oh every you know everybody's working at the uh, you know the top guys are working the top guys it's kind of like it, it it's smooth all the way throughout you're 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 peaking my interest from the moment that minute the moment that show starts to the minute it, it ends 
Uh, then uh, Powerhouse Hobbs takes on Dante Martin, defeats him. Two of the younger guys on AEW able to get a, a little spotlight here on Dynamite. Uh, Tyler, your thoughts on uh, both these guys? Dante's been a person who they've been pushing uh, a little bit recently with his brother out with injury. Any thoughts on uh, on this match here? I just like I like big dudes bumping bumping meat together. I like Powerhouse Hobbs. Like big beefy boys bumping meat. Yes, sir. Uh, we get MJF cutting a promo. He just absolutely heals on just everybody in the city of Cincinnati, the state of Ohio, pretty much uh, getting a lot of heat. You know, maybe some people saying it's the wrong type of heat, but uh, I, you know, I, I love people just being assholes and just talking shit to everyone. He goes after the Pillman family. Uh, Brian Pillman did kind of, Brian Pillman Jr. did look like a little bit of a chump because he didn't like stand up, I think, as strong as he should have, as what MJF was saying, but. MJF's a guy he can lose pretty much all those matches and still just come out and get all his heat back. I I fucking love this promo. I love the heat he was getting. I don't know who's saying it's bad heat, but fucking all heat is good heat in my opinion. As a stu- again, as a stupid wrestling fan, um, until the police have to get called. Until yeah, until until it gets to that point, you know, until someone gets stabbed. Yeah, then it's then it's like oh shit, you know, <laughs> damn, I pushed it just a bit too far, but I I loved it, and like you said, I. You know, they brought Brian Pillman Jr. out. I thought he was going to come out and just, like, absolutely beat the shit out of MJF. And he just kind of looked like a bitch. Yeah, just in, in his and dad's the, jersey. Just Yeah, just, and, and then you got you got the uh, dynamic between MGF, MJF and um, Wardlow. You know, I thought Wardlow was going to just let let Brian Pillman Jr. beat the shit out of, out of MJF and then – he was like, oh, no, I still got to protect them. And I was just like, all right, we get what we're doing here. Like, yeah, They've been kind of sprinkling some seeds here and there of MJF kind of, you know, yelling at Wardlow, putting some snide comments. Wardlow, give him a little bit of a side eye, but, you know, he he knows who's, you know, who's signing the paycheck. So he ultimately does bow down to MJF, but it is building to a big moment to when, you know, Wardlow finally turns on MJF. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big deal when it finally happens. Yeah. Uh, then we get uh, Ruby Soho making her dynamite debut, taking on Jamie Hayter. The match itself was uh, not the best, I would say. No one got hurt, so I can ask for. But uh, the uh, it looked like Soho was going for a poison Rana on Hayter, and she either didn't have her balance or didn't have her timing right. And both ladies just kind of fell flat on their face and on their necks. Yeah. Luckily, it looked like everyone was, was fine. Soho did get the win, building to the match with uh, Britt Baker. I put it a little bit more on Hayter, but I not going to say you know ruby soho is completely not to blame in this match yeah i i was kind of with you i thought it was more on on hater as well um that was that was kind of scary i was like oh yikes yikes that's not a good look when when uh when they both fell on their fucking heads that was tough that was tough but i did like the uh i like the save at the end setting up that uh 3v3 match next week yeah right or oh wait no sorry tonight tonight That's tonight on dynamo or on rampage so excited to see that then the uh, the big big segment here we get the elite coming out adam cole cuts his promo you know very similar to what he did on all out brian danielson makes an interruption uh brian danielson talks a little bit so we get adam cole doing his thing brian danielson doing his thing these are kind of advertised as two separate promos but they kind of melded into one uh then at the very end we get brian facing off against kenny kenny and brian you know heavily teasing this you know kind of just it's a really big segment a lot of moving parts they're kind of building up kenny and brian they're also setting up like a 
eight-man tag match at the same time. Adam Cole's going to have his debut next week. A lot of stuff happening, but it's all very exciting. Yeah, very, very exciting. Uh, it started off with, with Adam Cole calling Tony Schiavone a, a nerd like 10 times, and I was like, all right, we get it, Adam. Like, come on, man. Stop calling him a nerd. What the fuck? Um, but other than that, I really loved everything they did. Which 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 of the the uh, young bucks has the the chain that goes from his ear to his nose? That would be Nick. Nick is just is doing Nick? everything in his power to just look as ridiculous and as full of a man as possible. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, "What the fuck is go-? like?" I felt like an old man going, "What the fuck does he have on his face?" But at the same time, I'm going, "Well, what the fuck? Like, this is why I don't understand it." Very excited to see them teasing Dana Bryan versus Kenny Omega. I don't know if. I don't think Brian will win or at least take the title off of Kenny. Cause I, I'm still very dead set on hangman needing to be hangman the guy to co- take Kenny to beat yeah. Kenny. Yeah. That's that's. Do you think that means Hangman's going to come back sooner than you think challenge Kenny and then they go Kenny to Daniel or sorry, Brian. I, I mean, I don't know. They're doing the thing with the dark order kind of falling apart right now with no hangman. I feel like he's going to come back to do that before he puts his sights on Kenny. So, you know, I, you know, we're I haven't seen hangman yet. I would assume <clears> he's going to come back. Maybe he comes in at the Arthur Ashe show in two weeks, but it, we're still, I think still little ways away for that to happen. But then when we have Brian taking on Kenny, if that is a singles match at full gear, I'm very excited to see that. But then also it's, you know, you don't want to see either man lose. Exactly. I don't want, I don't want a shitty finish at the ending. So, they kind of book themselves into a corner, but that also makes the matches more exciting because you can't see either one of them lose. That's true. It makes it a little, little harder to predict. Then finally in the main event, we had John Moxley hometown boy in Cincinnati taking on Minoru Suzuki. Tyler, I know you're not the new Japan guy, but Minoru Suzuki is an absolute fucking badass old man who just kills everybody. Your thoughts on uh, the match and your impressions of Minoru Suzuki, who you don't, I assume you don't know anything about when he showed up on All Out last week. Knew absolutely nothing. And I was just like, oh, nice, this guy's showing up. And then they kept talking about how he's a badass. And I was like, I could see it just by the look in his eyes and, and every, you know, the way he carried himself. I was like, yep, this guy seems like a badass. I did feel like the match was a little short, though. Did you feel that way as well? Yeah, the match, it, I think it was probably a lot. They had a lot of stuff booked on the show, and it probably did run a little bit long. But then they also had the angle afterwards where Moxley was just kind of roaming around the, the arena. I was like, okay, well, if you had that, why couldn't you just kind of you know snip that off for like a couple minutes and give them the match a little longer? But Yeah, because it just left me wanting more. Is, is So is Minoru Suzuki, do you think he's going to show up on more shows, or you think he's like, that was it? He did his, his two things with Moxley and then see you later. I would think that would be the the end of uh, Suzuki and AEW for now. He is booked over in the States to do like a lot of indie shows like within the next month. So there, you know, maybe there's a possibility he could come back, but I, you know, I don't really see that happening. But yeah. if, I mean, I would be excited to see Monroe Suzuki and AEW just kind of wrestle with, with more guys, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah, just because it, it, it left me wanting more. Uh, just because of the short match and and the way they kind of built it up to be this this great match, and it was just like, give give me more of it. Give give me more. Feed, feed me more. Feed feed me more. Right back confirmed to AEW. Maybe you know. Please, sir, uh, that was my brother's. I think one of his first wrestling shirts. Good times. So, oh yeah, he used to wear that thing all the time. All you right, uh, your Dolph Ziggler stealing the show shirt. Yep. Yep. 
Yep. All right. Finally, we've got NXT. You're not going to, you know, go super in depth on this one. <laughs> Any thoughts on someone who's on the outside looking at all the kind of backstage NXT changes? This was, I think, the last week before they go to like their full fledged revamp with the new logo, the new set, new look, and all those other things. I think. I think NXT was the show that had a little bit more grit, a little bit more, you know, it was, it was metal. Exactly. It was more for, it was more geared towards, I want to say wrestling fans instead of like the entertainment side of things. And I think with this change, it's going to kind of flip that script to where it's, you know, we're now about the entertainment aspect of things. I really, I really like the, uh, the aesthetic of, of NXT. And unfortunately, NXT was AEW before AEW. Now that there's AEW, AEW is doing it better. Yes. So that's kind of just falling off. And, you know, they are losing all these talent. They're bringing in more of the, the athletes, which, you know, they're, they've, some of them have been okay. But overall, it is kind of sad to see NXT kind of in the state. There's still, you know, enjoyable parts to it. But overall, it's uh, it has fallen off quite a bit. Uh, yes. You know, uh, let's see. They started off with Kaylee Ray and Ember Moon. Uh, Kaylee Ray gets the win. Uh, any thoughts on this? The only thing I had to say, uh, I feel so bad for Ember Moon. She had such promise, and now she's just she's getting buried even in NXT. Shotzi was her tag team partner, and then Shotzi just leaves her. Shotzi just left her. I mean, even when she went up to to the main roster, and it was like, oh my god, Ember Moon's you know she's made it to to Raw. She's on Raw. Then it was like, oh, they're not going to do anything with her. Oh well, fuck. Uh, the the big segments because they're teasing. We're gonna we have a wrestling wedding next week, I'm Tyler. Ex- I'm a, I even though I only watch NXT for when I come on this podcast, uh, I will probably watch for the wedding. Uh, we got the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Uh, the 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 woman the bachelor party was okay, but definitely the star of the show I think was the bachelor party. The dynamic with Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. Yes. It was stupid. There was a there was a fucking zombie referee a callback to the Hysterical. Halloween the the Halloween Havoc match with the uh, Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Which shout out, if shout anybody out Grimes. if anybody can remember, that was the last time I was on this podcast. There you go. So Tyler knows about the. Uh, referee zombie i under i understood the referee zombie bit and i was like nice this they only did that for me that they they knew they knew (laughs) knew i was watching watching. yep i thought thoughts on this this is you know very over the top very campy they've been doing you know not this much lately but you know very similar to what they've been doing this this was very funny to me the the woman's one like you said was kind of like all right whatever you know they're doing their thing but the men going through all these different uh activities that they're doing on this bachelor party the dynamic between dexter loomis and a laser tag just legit choking people out and and really fucking with people was fucking hysterical i couldn't stop laughing through this through this uh pro or this whatever you want to call it do you think dexter loomis took a shit in the laser tag room <laughs> I, I swear to God, if he was walking through that laser tag room and he just looked down and there was like a pile of shit, I would have known they did this for for me. <laughs> it it would have been just confirmed. Uh, let's see. Santos Escobar beats Carmelo Hayes. Good match. Uh, you know they they've been building Hayes. He wins the tournament and then he just then he just loses. Yeah, the, uh, I had nothing. I knew nothing about any of these guys, but the way the announcers were talking about uh Hayes it seemed like they were really high on him and then he lost and I was like what the fuck mm-hmm. like shout out uh, Electra Lopez curveballs and chair shots favorite Instagram follow 
There you go. There we go. Uh, we get Brutus and Julius Creed in a squash match. Two big, beefy boys just killing people. They are the new members of the Diamond Mind. Uh, they didn't exactly look great in the little promo with Malcolm Bivens, but I thought they impressed in the actual match. Yeah, I was going to say that the, the promo wasn't very good, but I thought the match, like I said, I like watching beefy dude just bum meats in the, in the ring. Um, so I thought it was nice. I thought, I thought they looked decent. Uh, then we get a women's tag team title match. EO and Zoe Stark defeat Casey Canzaro and the underrated Caden Carter. Uh, the match never was able to really get going. There was some okay spots in it, but uh, EO and Zoe get the win. The uh, Just both women's tag team divisions are just not very deep, and it's I don't know what they're going to do because Casey and Caden were like the only real tag team they had, and then, and then just they lost. just beat them. Yeah, yeah so it's... The, I, I I know they're gonna do sort of a split with EO and, and Zoe here to where they they already don't like each other to where it's gonna cause them to drop the titles to God knows who, maybe Casey and Caden take it. I like the flippy shit they did during the, the match. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh they had a bunch of promos sprinkled throughout because they're gonna have a, a number one contender match for the NXT title. Any any thoughts on this? They Kyle O'Reilly talked about his match with adam cole but didn't actually say adam cole because they're not allowed to say adam cole that was the only thing i was going to mention was the fact that he kept talking about the match and did not say adam cole's name once and i was like well i wonder why Hmm. um but other than that it was all just pretty straightforward who did do you have any predictions for who you think is going to win i'm gonna go with pete dunn they uh especially what happened at the end of the show they did kind of tease him and samoa joe doing some things when samoa joe came in originally to nxt all right so uh, then uh, some more spooky things. Ooh, because we're in spooky season. Mia Ying, me, me Ying, just killing it with the names, just like Travis did during the uh, the review OMG. last. Yeah, that was. Uh... Uh, she kills somebody. It was like 30 seconds and she beans. So she finally has like her first match and she just destroys everyone. So Raquel Gonzalez, watch out. I mean, she killed somebody in the sense of like she's took the soul out of them, which was the weirdest thing. But like, her moves didn't look that powerful. Like you would think if she was going to do some shit like that, they would make her look like real fucking tough, real strong. And she just, she like, she like grabbed her face and then lightly put her to the ground and then sucked the soul out of her body. And I was like, Whoa, what the fuck? Well, well that's, that's one way to get a win. Uh, then in the <laughs> main event, uh, MSK defends their NXT tag titles against uh, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Uh, MSK gets the win. Good, solid matches you'd expect from these guys, but it was more built around the angle where uh, Rich Holland and Pete Dunn turn on them, kick them out of the group. So poor uh, Birch and Lurkin, I guess they're actually going to turn face, which I think they are uh, better suited in that capacity. So I was going to ask, because I wasn't sure what that dynamic was going to be like. So you think they're fully out? You don't think it's just like, all right, we're just going to beat you into submission? Like now, now you're just kind of like our little bitches back here. No, nah, because that's not exactly the way Birch and Lorkin would be. You know, Birch had his his injury, so he's been gone for a little bit, and then you know he comes back and they lose. You know, it makes sense now. You can have the tag team kind of go off. Maybe Pat McAfee returns and is able to I was, get the boys so back together. That was going to be my next question. I know Pat was dealing with COVID. Uh, but was he still working with them with that with that? Faction? Nope. As soon as he was done with his match with Adam Cole, he just kind of left, and we never really saw him again. Because I remember he like he showed up and he was he was doing some things, and I was like, oh, nice, this is gonna be a fucking cool faction, you know? Pat McAfee is gonna be basically like their Jimmy Hart. He's gonna be the man with the mouth. He's gonna just do the do that kind of stuff. And then I didn't see anything else out of it. I was like, oh, damn, that kind of sucks. 
Oh, it doesn't suck. We're done. We made it. We long, made it. long uh, podcast. So much for me trying to get this thing done by two o'clock, but it was fun. Close enough. It was, it was a, a good time. Thank you, Tyler, for, uh, for being on the show, even though it's probably the last time because the Friday Night Wars start next week. Friday Night Wars start start coming coming along next week. Just add it to another reason why we're going to shit talk each other. Hopefully. Respect for, respect the podcast. Yeah, ho- hopefully we're not like NXT. You know, we get a little bit of a head start on the Fridays, then you AEW people just come in and just destroy us. And then we have to go through a rebranding, and then you know, we gotta got to look elsewhere to for our talent. We'll, we'll just be like, It'll just be like a 205 Live, you know? It'll be, you know, SmackDown, and then right after, 205 Live goes on. Okay. So, Do I, I have that right? Does, does that happen still? Is that I, even I, don't even, I don't even know. I, don't watch two, I haven't watched 205 Live, but I know last time when I went to a SmackDown, they taped 205 Live after. Look at that. And no I, one left, or no one, no one was there. No one <laughs> was? Okay. Yeah, everyone, everybody, everybody left. Well, maybe not everybody. Maybe they just like went to the concessions because they say like, "Oh, stick around because John Cena's gonna have a match later after the show." Yeah, we're gonna get people. Yeah, hate yeah. to see it. Hate to see. It. Hate to see that Dominic never responded to us. So hopefully he's doing well. I hope maybe so. He, maybe he's just taking a little nappy. You know, yep. he's uh, trying to get better, trying to get healthy. But Dominic will. You know, I'm not even gonna ask. Him. I'm just gonna say he's gonna be back here next week, and he should be. Because Tyler's not going to be here, so again, I can't do this alone. <laughs> yeah, if he isn't, that's going to be we'll have to figure out a way to get that done. That'd be tough. Uh, so until next time, for for Tyler Gunnerson, my name is Tyler. Would you like to plug the people? Plug plug the people. Your I'd love to plug. I'd love to plug the people. Um, you can you can check out Curve. Whoa, you could cur- <laughs> you could check out Trapdoor to Hell. I'll <laughs> plug your podcast on your podcast. You can check out Trapdoor to Hell, uh, releasing Friday nights starting next week on all your social media or all where you, wherever you get your uh, podcasts at follow us on Twitter at trapdoor pod, like us on Facebook trapdoor to hell. Uh, you can send questions into us at trapdoorpod at yahoo.com. Um, other than that points and doings comes out Tuesdays. Points and doings does come out on Tuesdays, but it comes out on this podcast feed. So, you know, don't listen yeah, no, to the trapdoor to hell yeah. version. Go listen to curveballs and chair shots version. Yeah, so why would why should people listen to Trapdoor to Hell, Tyler? What makes you guys different? What do you guys talk about? Uh, we do movie reviews. That's the only thing that's different. We do a little little entertainment talk. We like to do some some drafts here and there, and some some fun some fun things to add there. Uh, a little more unfiltered. You guys are you guys you guys like your sports. You stick with your sports. You do your thing, which I love about this podcast. And we I love go, being. We on don't here. we don't go off on uh, on tangents about blazing saddles and. Yeah, you, you don't you don't call people uh, uh, slurs like Travis sometimes does. Yeah, it was just it was it's not because it's not out of hatred, it's just out of not finding a different word. I mean, know. there there are thousands of other words he could have said. I don't know what you're talking about. So thank you. That'll do it for us for today for Tyler and the ghost of Dominic and Trapdoor to Hell and the studio audience and the big dog and little dog and everyone who uh, no no puppers no no we didn't have a dog no uh, I can no go audience. get I can go get Riley she can she can make an appearance if you really she want can be it. the mascot she can be the mascot um, also shout out number one fan now shout out number one fan Haley uh, she's I you know maybe she's uh, gonna come by late, later and uh, I don't know I was not what's going anyways goodbye oh. and uh, good night not 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 over here over there with the Gunderson <laughs> okay okay there or you go the Gunderson. 
they get understood. Not not because you know there's there's heat going on over there. Got a whole spiel when I went to the A's game. A lot of things going on over there at the Gunderson household. Amen. Until next time. Okay, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye bye. Evolution is a mystery.